The MarTech Podcast is a proud member of the I Hear Everything Podcast Network. Looking to launch or scale your podcast? I Hear Everything delivers podcast production, growth, and monetization solutions that transform your words into profit. Ready to give your brand a voice? Then visit IHearEverything.com. From advertising to software as a service to data, Across all of our programs and clients, we've seen a 55 to 65% open rate. Getting brands authentically integrated into content performs better than TV advertising. Typical lifespan of an article is about 24 to 36 hours. If we're reaching out to the right person with the right message and a clear call to action, then it's just a matter of timing. Welcome to the MarTech Podcast, a member of the I Hear Everything Podcast Network. In this podcast, you'll hear the stories of world-class marketers that use technology to drive business results and achieve career success. Now here's the host of the MarTech Podcast, Benjamin Shapiro. Welcome to the MarTech Podcast. I'm Benjamin Shapiro, the executive producer of the MarTech Podcast. And today we've got a special episode for you, which is going to be guest hosted by Doug Bell, who's the CMO of Chief Outsiders. Doug is a veteran CMO with a background in helping growth stage B2B SaaS companies reach their true potential. And I'm thrilled to invite him and some of his friends to take the microphone and share their knowledge with you, our loyal MarTech Podcast listeners. Okay, here's a special episode of the MarTech Podcast, guest hosted by Doug Bell, the CMO of Chief Outsiders. Hello, marketers. My name is Doug Bell from Chief Outsiders, and today we're going to be discussing addressing knowledge friction with AI. Joining me is Chris Mall, who is the president and COO at Prion, founded in 2017 by the minds behind Amazon's Alexa, Apple, Siri, and IBM's Watson. Prion's no-code AI-enhanced knowledge management platform transforms untapped digital assets from multiple sources into solutions that measurably improve outcomes. Yesterday, Chris and I talked about using AI to address knowledge friction. And today, we're going to continue our conversation by talking about why knowledge friction is the top issue for salespeople. Okay, here's my conversation with Chris Mall, the president and COO at Prion. Chris, thanks for coming back. Not everybody does. Welcome back to the podcast. <laughs> you know, I was really doubting it, but here I am. No, I'm kidding. It's a pleasure to be here, truly. I had to drag Chris out of his house. There was yelling and screaming. <laughs> anyway, good to see you, Doug. Thank you. It's good to have you back. Great conversation yesterday, Chris. And, and we sort of got up to the edge of something I thought was really fascinating. So to remind people what we talked about yesterday, we talked about this idea of a knowledge fabric. And the problem we were ultimately talking about solving is the paradigm or the structure that has been imposed on us based on 20-year-old technology. This idea that the digital information is out there, but you have rushed to create formats that frankly stand in the way between a consumer and their ability to get the knowledge they need. And Chris and I talked about a really interesting, here's the software term, use case, which is people that live in the city of Amarillo, Texas, that need to interact with, I'm going to guess, a huge amount of data that applies for anything from health services all the way to, I have a giant sinkhole in my backyard, what do I do about it? Huge amount of stuff. And the fact that you've got to deal with an international city in many ways, Amarillo is right on the border there, right near the border. So you're dealing with 16 different dialects and languages. That's a lot. So is it that simple that you can create a knowledge fabric and have all that context and all that understanding necessary to help guide somebody who is, say, somebody from the Yucatan Peninsula and speaks a root of Spanish that is actually based on Mayan language? They can show up with this knowledge fabric and be able to get what they want to in a conversational way. So how the heck does that work? And walk us through how it's maybe simpler than the idea of just reconstructing your website to put the right data out there. 
Absolutely. Well, the first is what's on the website. And the answer is a digital human, which is a representation that doesn't have you touch the screen or type anything, but you speak to it. So these kiosks that can be anywhere inside your company for employees are conversational in nature. We actually demonstrated a version of this at Dell World with Dell last May. Dell's Clara is actually powered by Prion. So for anybody who's out there and you want another example, just Google Dell's Clara and watch those great videos on Clara and know that if Prion wasn't there, Clara just smiles and moves their head back and forth, but doesn't hear you, can't think and can't give you answers. And so, in fact, this opportunity and Marillo came to us from Dell and we did the project with them. So the simplicity of making it happen is give us the content. And in this case, the parks and recs, the tax code, the filing systems, whatever the policies are you want this digital human to be able to respond with, give us the content. We then ingest, and that's the word we use. I think it's under defining what we do because it's not just moving a file and it's actually lifting that content, understanding all that content, whatever it is, and then creating a new representation of it. We'll call it the fabric. We'll keep it that simple for now. That fabric gets built very quickly. Then there's the conversational AI models that we have, which have a translation front end on it. So you can speak to it in whatever language you want. And natural language translation is not a new technology. It's been around for quite a while. It just had never been able to be married with this rich, trusted, safe, aggregated content in a representation where the question can actually get the answer. And so that digital human hears you and the Yucatanian dialect interprets that, obviously turns that to a machine query which goes into our fabric, which based on the fabric that is now your content, knows how to look for the answers in a distance vectorized way, pull that answer out through confidence intervals, pull the highest level answer, and then send that back to the translation. And then Clara smiles and speaks back to you about where that particular park is that gives you a pass on Saturday to take your family and go play tennis. So it's all built into the architecture of the technology. I don't mean to oversimplify it. I promise you I'm not. That is how it starts. And then, of course, it's a little bit of a change because you're actually saying to someone when they come inside of a place, ask your question, which you can do that in their natural language. So I hope that answers your question. That is, in fact, the journey that we put people on. And it's interesting. We talked just a wee bit yesterday. We touched on some of the negative consequences of knowledge friction as it applies to sales and marketing. We, we touched on it really, really lightly. Right. And there always feels like there's some level of solution to that macro problem, but it's in the micro. There's always little things we can do to sort of chip away at that friction level. This is interesting as the end of the day, this idea of a knowledge fabric, especially if you apply it to the city of Amarillo, if you could handle something that complex, I think it's easy for our listeners to translate that to what the positive benefits would be for sales and marketers. But I feel like we need to unpack it a little bit. So what I would love, because you're a former Oracle, former Salesforce person, you understand what it's like to have a 200 URL website and the complexity of that and how that relates to good things for sales and marketing. How easily is that translated, this idea of a knowledge fabric from something as complex of, let's say, Amarillo over to, let's say, Oracle or Salesforce website? By the way, if you're from Oracle or Salesforce, I want a percentage of the commission when you sell this, Chris. (laughs) So let's start with the current situation. Let's knowledge fabric not there. I have a 200-page website, or I'll give you another example. I have a 762 SharePoint internal website. So that's the internal you know, knowledge. And of course, it's 762 because some very smart people had to think about my firm and sort of design all these folder structures. And for, and this is just for inside the firm. In both cases, what we do is connect to them and then we ingest. So, so far, you as a company, all you've done is given me access and connectivity. So an API and permission. 
We build a safe, secure instance for our clients and we ingest it. And what the system's designed to do in an Apple-like ecosystem way, that's one of the things that's very different about us than what Igor likes to call the picks and shovel vendors. People are selling you little tools for you to go figure out how to build this. It's one platform and it builds a fabric out of those sites automatically. And by the way, on the website, just to have fun, if you and I looked at the topology of a website, there's code on there too. It's not the content, it's the code. Our system knows to ignore that because there's all kinds of programming language on a web page and weird characters to format it. We know how to just get the rich content. You know, if it's your medical site, it's your medical content. We've lifted it and now we built a fabric and that's all automated. Once that's up and running, then the question is, where do you want the question to come from? So in this case, websites are traditionally chatbots or what's there. So we do plug in behind chatbots and we take them from what is currently 30 to 40%. We actually are the first folks to do what you would call an AI knowledge bot. We actually call it a knowledge bot, and we actually have them live on huge Fortune 10 sites where they have millions of customers going to the sites. I have the permission to show you their logo. I can't talk about their application, so I'll send you the logo afterwards. <laughs> so, but it's one of the bigger AI influencers in the universe, and they have several hundred thousand folks that go to thousands of knowledge articles. And when they get to that site today, they type in what they think is a chatbot, and it affects our knowledge fabric live for over a year and a half that takes thousands of knowledge articles and gets the exact right answer. The initial efficiency of the quality of the answer went from somewhere in the mid 30s of percent, like meaning 60% of the time, I'm not giving you the right answer, to right off the bat about 80% of the time, people were getting the right answer. And then we've optimized that up to near 90. So in other words, that's behind a chatbot, that's one use case. But in both cases, we just ingested, created that unique knowledge fabric, and to be clear, it's safe and secure. In fact, with Dell, we're launching an on-prem version of this with Dell in a month or two, which means it doesn't even connect to the internet. You can use Dell servers and our systems to build these securely within your own VPN, both for internal use and external use. So they're a big partner of ours, the city of Amarillo you talked about. So get the information in there, give us access. We obviously run a series of tests against it as we operationalize it for you. And then you connect to however it is you want your client to speak to it. We have folks that use Slack bots. So what does that mean? It's a Slack channel. I'm in Slack, I ask a question. It's actually sent into our knowledge fabric and then it gives you full answers. That fabric, by the way, can also be fed by other Slack channels. So think about that paradigm, because we know that the more effective new knowledge is conversational between experts in your company. Imagine if that gets fed into your fabric and enriches the quality of that. That's a source for that knowledge fabric to get richer and richer and richer. So I'm just pointing out a couple of interfaces. The, the city of Amarillo has a digital human. So we have digital humans. We also have our own prion front end, which is for employees inside of a company, which is a much richer experience specifically for knowledge and extraction. So lots of different ways. But at the end of the day, the customer has to say, that's the information I want you to get. And we go get it. Time for a one minute break to hear from our presenting sponsor, Mutinex. In 1919, John Wanamaker said, half the money I spend on advertising is wasted. I just don't know which half. Well, the advertising landscape has changed since then. And instead of reaching your audience on two channels, you're probably reaching them on 20. Turns out John didn't know how easy he had it. But that doesn't mean that you should give up on striving towards marketing effectiveness. No matter how complex your marketing strategy is, Mutinex Growth OX is the market mix modeling platform that measures the impact of marketing on your bottom line. Mutinex's market mix modeling platform calibrates your insights against the latest market conditions so you can make media and marketing investment decisions confidently and quickly. Ready to take your team from I think to I know? 
Then join brands like Samsung, ING, and Asahi who make better marketing decisions with Mutinex. Mutinex Growth OX, your best decision starts here. To learn more about Mutinex, go to mutinex.co. That's M-U-T-I-N-E-X dot co. Okay, here's the rest of today's interview. A special thanks to our presenting sponsor, Mutinex. Ready to take your team from I think to I know? Then join brands like Samsung, ING, and Asahi who make better marketing decisions with Mutinex. Mutinex Growth OX, the marketing mixed modeling platform that makes measuring ROI fast, easy, and cost-effective. Request a demo at mutinex.co. That's M-U-T-I-N-E-X dot co. It's funny, we used to talk in five and 20-year windows, but I think Generative AI has this thinking in more short terms to envision the future. So let's just say that this is the new paradigm, it's the new norm. What does it look like in the future if I am your average prospect looking for, let's say, SaaS software? And let's go a year from now. What does that look like? So let's start with the Google search. Google's not going anywhere, right? Going to Google, I'm like, uh, I want software that can help me make the perfect boiled egg that doesn't exist. Oh, maybe it does. I go to Google, I search on that. I get what at that point? Everybody's got a knowledge fabric. Am I getting the chatbot? What am I interacting with first? I'm getting a link. What's the first thing I interact with once I click that link? Is it a chatbot? Or am I actually seeing the website laid in front of me? Well, a year from now, I'd say absolutely not a chatbot. I think the chatbot is a lot like the pencil to a Mac creative workstation. You think what a designer workstation looks like for a Mac creative versus the pencil's great or charcoal or some other pastel, but now I've got a Mac creative work environment. The chatbot is a very linear sort of rules-based, at least the current version. The knowledge chatbot, a little more effective. But what we're saying and what we're delivering is natural language. So why is it not the same interface? I mean, if there's anything that Tweedledee, as I mentioned yesterday, told Tweedledum when he got here, me, it was that the world needs to operate as humans with computers, and that's always been Igor's passion. He's been a multimodal research-led product guy saying, why are the only people that know how to unlock computers the people that are quote-unquote nerds? Why can't computers operate at the highest level of fluency, which is conversational? So no, I don't think it's chatbots from here for now at all. I think it's conversational interface, but I think I'll take it a little further. It's not just conversational, but what people are trying to do is get things out of websites. What they really want, but due to the limits of technology, they've been truncated down to just looking But what they really want to do is take a higher order level of thinking, which is a common, I want to find this thing. I want a version of it like this. I want to have it in this color. I want it in this price. So you'll talk to what your bigger intellectual needs are, and that's what will be submitted. So the extractive technologies, which is what we built on, will find the truth, but then we'll combine it together in a richer order, higher thinking set, which is where other forms of generative that we use do it for you. For example, look across all my research and find in this time zone where these technologies inside the company were used with these kind of result sets and do that across millions of documents that I don't even know where they are. It's a conversational, effective, much broader, more effective reality. And it's coming quick for sure. It really is. You know, what I'm thinking about here is a roadmap for marketers and sellers. And I'm thinking about sort of what that end state equals, because I'm going to say that knowledge fabric, call it what you will, although I love that term, call it what you will, it feels inevitable. And here's why. 
people's interactions with websites have gotten to the point where we sort of just accept it's going to take time and it's going to be difficult to find the information that we need. And by the way, marketers have become very cagey about hiding information so that you have to talk to a seller. And I'm thinking at a very specific use case, but I think anybody listening has, has had that experience on both sides. So really what you're talking about is providing an ability for a prospect, a customer, anybody who would normally visit a website to avoid the website entirely. I'm leaping a little bit because we've got 22 minutes. So let's take that leap together, if you will. Now, what you wouldn't mind doing is just giving people some advice on a roadmap, if you will. Like, how do I get to the flying cars portion of this conversation? This is interesting, but what are the steps to get there? So let's say the flying cars portion of this conversation is at some point, your website is less important than your knowledge fabric. And the bot, the chatbot, the AI, the intelligent chatbot that interacts with it. But right now, your first step is get the knowledge fabric going, have that up and running. And the reason, by the way, that that's better is everything I talked about. We have been sort of dancing around this idea of the impact of friction, knowledge friction. Mm -hmm. And I would argue that is, I'm going to use some SaaS terminology, CAC. My CAC is higher. I spend a lot of money and a lot of time, a lot of effort getting prospects my website right? A good CPL right now is about $49. Some industries are paying three or $400 to get somebody to a website. So it feels like to me, back to knowledge fabric, to me, this is, if I'm thinking about the economics of the unit economics, my CAC to LTV ratio is starting to look fantastic. And a marketer who doesn't have a knowledge fabric isn't going to have a productive AI chatbot. So is it as simple, really, from a roadmap standpoint, is it as simple as saying, how do I get a knowledge fabric in place so that at some point, because guess what? I'm going to say that if people are avoiding websites, what is Google offering? Google is offering up, you're searching on a search term. What are you going to get? You're going to get a chatbot. Why would you go to the website? You know, this is the flying car piece. Sort of advice, Chris, if you've got a website and you feel like you could have a lower cap because you have lower friction, what are some signs that people could look at and be like, yeah, I would benefit from taking this strategy because it's a leap. People don't know what knowledge fabric is. What are you looking at? What are some of the indicators that would say you need to make a change? Well, drop off. Good old fashioned, you know, I'm disillusioned. I'm a half a page in and I'm frustrated. So obviously time, time on site, time of engagement, depth of engagement, all those metrics matter. The stats we're used to. They are, but they're different. And so let me give you the vision here. And by the way, our company rolled out something called Prion Labs about five, six months ago, which is an offering that for a nominal amount of money, people can have a knowledge fabric up and running in a month and they can apply it and get the ROI calculations. You said ROI calculations, so it's easy for us. In fact, I got a call from a firm that's a Fortune 10, is a research scientist that works in the staff, who said, we've got an on-prem LLM, it's huge. We're trying to combine it with all our product information. They have as much product information as anybody. And we've been trying to make it work. And they have lots of research scientists. They're excellent. And they can't get it to work. We're trying to make it affluent. Can you guys help us? And I said, what part of the site? They said, well, and they're a very technical product company. And they said, well, we've got these literally tens of thousands of products. We just go to this section with the 10. This is a website. And could you put something together and test it for me? I got a hold of one of our solution managers, Jason, who leads that team up. And later that night, we had ingested their entire website because it's public. We had built a knowledge fabric. And then we had a conversation with that fabric on a video. We sent them the video the next day. So what I'm talking about, you, you talk about space cars, the Jetsons are here and they are as big as anybody. I mean, they're a top 25 technology firm and they had all the horsepower to build it. So 
we did that overnight and sent a video, which then we were able to watch the video get passed around the firm. It was fantastic. I mean, it's like, all right, 300 people have seen this, I guess. They, and what, what were we doing? We were speaking to their product information, asking product questions, and it was bringing up and surfacing the exact answer with attribution from their own materials. And they literally had, you know, I have a phrase for it. It's the O. I just saw that. I mean, yeah, we did that overnight. So these fabrics are here now. This is not future state. The next question is, and one of the visions one of our clients has is, so I'm speaking to the site and I'm trusting. So trust is really the buyer's win, right? I'm getting an answer and I'm getting educated. And while it's walking me through that conversational path, the site is surfacing things for me as well. So it's not just the conversation, it's actual the site is now a multimodal touch point, including if you'd like me to send this to you, tell me this, your email is terrific, I just emailed it to you. And that's as natural as a chat. And the reason I mentioned Labs is because we haven't launched it publicly, but we launched it and we've got some pretty big brands now who everybody's wrestling with generative. Everybody's wondering, what can the Jetsons do for me? Should I build it? Can I build it? Should I have a consultant build it? What our Labs is, is an opportunity for virtually any firm. It's paid for. We don't give it away to build a knowledge fabric and run several use cases and get all the metrics you want. And we'll show you the economics of a knowledge fabric. That's all live today. Well, you've won the booby prize, Chris. You're going to have to come back. I think there's so much more that we need to unpack today. And I think for any of the digital marketers listening in right now, the first thought that's coming to mind is, how do we get engagement data? Can I create a profile based on the interaction with the knowledge fabric? Because, man, the good things you get from that in terms of not only reducing friction, obviously, and having a better customer experience, but specifically knowing how to personalize and customize that follow-up. We've learned a ton today. Chris, I appreciate when that happens. Knowledge explode. Thank you so much. Appreciate your time today. Thank you. Appreciate it. Okay, that wraps up this episode of the MarTech Podcast. Thanks to Chris Small, President and COO at Prion for joining us. If you'd like to get in touch with Chris, you can find a link to his LinkedIn profile on our show notes. You can also contact Chris on Twitter, where his handle is Chris Ma, I-N-Y, or visit his company website, prion.com. Okay, that wraps up this episode of the MarTech Podcast. Thanks to our guest host, Doug Bell, the CMO of Chief Outsiders. If you'd like to get in touch with Doug, you could find a link to his LinkedIn profile in our show notes, or you can contact him on Twitter, where his handle is Market Advocate. Or you could just visit his website, which is chiefoutsiders.com. Just one more link in our show notes I'd like to tell you about. If you didn't have a chance to take notes while you were listening to this podcast, head over to martechpod.com where we have summaries of all of our episodes and contact information for our guests. You can also subscribe to our weekly newsletter and you can even apply to be the next guest speaker on the MarTech Podcast. Of course, you can always reach out on social media. Our handle is martechpod, M-A-R-T-E-C-H-P-O-D on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Or you can contact me directly on LinkedIn. My handle is Ben J. Shap, B-E-N-J-S-H-A-P. And if you haven't subscribed yet and you want a daily stream of marketing and technology knowledge in your podcast feed, we're going to publish an episode every day this year. So hit the subscribe button in your podcast app and we'll be back in your feed tomorrow morning. All right, that's it for today. But until next time, my advice is to just focus on keeping your customers happy. Thanks for listening to the MarTech Podcast, and I hear everything production. Looking to launch or scale a podcast like this one for your brand? Then visit IHearEverything.com.